Your purpose isn't your job. Your purpose isn't your family. Your purpose isn't your health or your hobbies or the things that you choose to do with your time. Your purpose is an overarching, unique vision that creates a life well lived. A purpose is the culmination of your work, of your family, of what you do, of how you spend your time, of the skills that you acquire, the people that you impact. You are listening to The Isaac Velez Show, the best podcast for Mavericks, rare breeds of thinkers and doers characterized by a relentless pursuit of excellence and an unquenchable thirst for innovation. I'm your host, Isaac, a performance coach, and our show is a masterclass of achieving holistic success, deeply rooted in stoicism and essentialism. If that sounds interesting, stay tuned for today's episode and welcome to The Isaac Velez Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Isaac Velez Show. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate your time. Let's get into today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about your guide, a guide, and my guide to a purpose-driven life. What does that mean and what does that look like for all of us? Today, I want to start with the story. And that is the story of, I think it was the summer after I graduated high school. And I remember I was in a relationship at the time and I had making this drive to go see uh, my girlfriend at the time who was a server at a restaurant. And so she was working about 40 minutes away from where I live. I go and I see her, which I speak, I guess I spent some time with her. I think I brought her flowers and I know she was working, so I didn't get to see her much, but then I came back home. And again, I think I've said this a couple of times, but again, for those of you that I knew, I am a big, big early riser, which means I go to bed early like an old person, but it works really well for me. So I was driving back and it's like midnight. So I usually go to bed at eight. I have like this sleep period where like if I'm awake between like eight and 10, I'm super tired. And then after 10, I'm like, I'm back. Okay. Um, just cause my body's kind of messed up at that point with, uh, with the fatigue. It's kind of, I know it's like this like mental high, I think is what they call it. But anyways, I'm driving back. It's midnight, right? This is my, this is a summer after I graduated high school. Okay. So I'm going into my first year of college. And I'm just doing a lot of thinking. To me, driving is great for thinking because I, I like this. I like this line. It's like an open road helps you think about where you've been and where you're going. And so whenever I drive, you know, I like to just kind of like, you know, maybe roll, roll down the windows a little bit and just think like, again, like, how are things going right now? Just have a conversation with myself. And so I'm doing this on this drive back. And I'm asking myself, like, am I good with the way things are? Like, how, how am I looking at life? Like, you know, what are the things that I like? What are the things that I don't like? And I'm in this position of just questioning a lot of things. I get to this point where I ask myself about what I want to be doing with my life. And at this time, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. That was the idea. That was the goal to go to college and then go to med school and become a neurosurgeon. Now, keep in mind, I had wanted this ever since I saw the Ben Carson movie, which I believe I saw in my early years. Uh, if you don't know, Ben Carson is a very famous neurosurgeon who performed one of the hardest surgeries of all time. I think he was the first one to successfully perform it. It was splitting two twins that were attached to one another. I think they shared the same, like, I don't know if they had like a connection between their minds or something, but they were like physically together. And so usually in the past, either when they try to separate them, one of them or both of them had died, but not, they hadn't done it, I think, successfully where both of them survived. And he was the first surgeon to do that. 
Now, Ben Carson also, many of you might know him more from this. He actually tried to run for president in 2016. Um, so that was his progression. I don't know what he's doing now. But ever since I saw that movie, I was super inspired about it to become a neurosurgeon. I loved the minds. I thought medicine was super cool. And I mean, they made good money too. So it was kind of a win-win. But as I'm driving, I'm thinking about what I want to be doing in my life. And it started to dawn on me that maybe that wasn't the path for me. And so most people, when they kind of have an idea on a career path and they change, you know, it's kind of like, oh, they realize that they just didn't like that about that or whatnot. And a lot of people change a lot throughout their young years. Like they're like, oh, I wanted to do this, but now I do this. Now I do this. And the reason I found out in that drive that I never wanted to change my idea of becoming a neurosurgeon was because I was unwilling and afraid to admit that I had been wrong about such a big decision. But as I said those words, I no longer want to be a neurosurgeon. It felt like I had just dropped this weight off my shoulders. That I, like, I was freed from these chains of this belief that I had just believed had to be true because I didn't want to be like another per like the other people that were saying, oh, like, you know, I'm switching here and I'm switching here. And they were all flip floppy. And I didn't want to be like that. And so that was the reason I never admitted to myself. But as I'm thinking, well, if that's not what I want to do, what do I want to do? And that's where I kind of, I didn't refine it back then as well as I have it now. But back then I kind of came up with that concept of what do I have to be doing in a career field in order for me to love it, to find meaning at the very least. And so that's where I've come up with like the, the concept of three eyes for, for my name, which is Isaac, right? So I wanted something with my letter, like something synonymous. So I call it the three eyes. Everything that I do, I have to be able to influence, innovate, and invest. I'm influencing people, minds, right? I'm, I'm sharing my, my life story. I'm helping people, right? Like influencing is about making change. Leadership is about influencing. I need to be doing something in that capacity. Innovation. I want to be doing something new. I want to create something that's different, that, that advances my life and the people and the lives around mine. Okay. And then investing. Can I put, like, can I willingly put my time, my money, my focus and my attention into what I'm doing. And if those three eyes are met, that is something that I'm willing to do. And so I realized the more I thought about it, I wasn't completely wrong with the neurosurgeon thing. I was looking at it the wrong way. I love the brain. I love psychology. I love neuroscience. And I love the, and I always had the idea of having my own clinic at some point, right? Being a business owner. So what is that cross-reference to? I love business. I love the mind. I love psychology. So what do I do now with everything that I do with the clients that I work with and, and, the, and some of you that listen as well? We work on mindset, performance coaching. What do we talk about? Ways of overcoming limiting beliefs, overcoming your fear and uncertainty and self-doubt so you can be a better version of you. And that requires mental work and mental framing. And so I'm doing what I love to do, just not in the capacity that I originally thought I was doing it in. But I was married to an old belief system because I was afraid of admitting that I was wrong, right? My ego was in the way of me admitting, hey, you're not actually going to be a nurse surgeon. That's not what you want. But my ego said, no, like, I can't be wrong about this. I cannot be wrong. So I wasn't ever going to be wrong until I finally overcame my own ego to admit that. So you might be thinking, great story. What does it actually have to do with living a purpose-driven life? 
Your purpose isn't your job. Your purpose isn't your family. Your purpose isn't your health or your hobbies or the things that you choose to do with your time. Your purpose is an overarching, unique vision that creates a life well lived. A purpose is, it, it impacts bigger than just one person. A purpose is the culmination of your work, of your family, of what you do, of how you spend your time, of the skills that you acquire, the people that you impact. Your purpose is your holistic life vision. Your purpose is your driving force to accomplish something that is good and whole with your life. And a purpose-driven life basically means that you ignore what cultural norms and society tells you to do and live the way you want to live. You overcome your own ego as I had to do for myself. And you can willingly adjust your life to live it the right way. So how does that look for me? How do I apply the three eyes and what I claim that I want to be doing and actually create the purpose-driven life? What I have to do is I say, I, I like this technique. This is what I use in, in the coaching. And it's reverse engineer your life. With modern medicine, you know, hopefully without accidents, I live to be 80. So if I live to be 80, that basically gives me four quarters in life. Zero to 20, 20 to 40, 40 to 60. 60 to 80. Zero to 20, developmental stage. I'm learning who I am, who I want to become, all this sort of stuff. 20 to 40, right? I'm in this stage now. This is the growth stage. This is where I begin to acquire and work towards the things that I want out of life. It's where I begin to, again, it's like, it's the startup stage and then it's the growth phase of a company, right? If you look at your life like a company, right? you, you have the startup, you're founding, you're figuring out like, you know, who do we want to sell to? Who's, what's the unique selling value proposition? Like all these things that you're figuring out. That's the startup phase is the development stage. The growth phase is, okay, I have my stuff together. I got the business plan. I got the team. Let's go and let's go quickly. That's the accelerated growth phase, 20 to 40. 40 to 60, it's, okay, now that I have this thing, how do I continue to create systems that run autonomously that allow me to continue to grow, but sustain and maintain and circulate what I've already created. Okay, so now you're solidifying the empire. If the conquest was the 20 to 40, where you're getting all this lands, 40 to 60 is putting your generals in place so you can maintain control of what you've conquered in your past 20 years, in quarter two. And then quarter four is the succession phase. Okay, so at this point now, you're making sure that your kids are properly in the right scenarios. They have what they need. Everything's accounted for. Your systems and everything have succession plans, right? You're making sure that everything is solidified. And then you have something you can spend your time working on, whether it's a company or a hobby, and you can enjoy the rest of your life in terms of just this aspect of succession. So if I look at my life at 80, okay? So right now I'm like, I got, I got a week to live. I'm 80. And I look back at everything that I've done with my life. That's where I look at purpose. There's, author, there's another technique I like, and it's called the gravestone technique. And it's, what would you want the people closest to you to write on your tombstone? Think about three words that you get. You get three words to define your entire life by the people you cared about the most. What do you want? Th those three eyes are what I want. Here lies Isaac, who invested innovated, and influenced. If it's a longer little sentence, an agent of change who wanted to be a beacon of hope to everyone else that they could accomplish their own dreams. 
that to me sums up everything. What I do for work is influence people and help them become the best versions of themselves. With my family, I want the same thing. With my kids, when that comes, I want the same thing for them. For them to see someone who upholds their values and, and wants to make them better each and every day. My community, it's the same way. My hobbies, it's the same thing too. I want to learn and be good at what I do so I can help others or I can enjoy what I do and, and know that I'm good at it. Constant self-improvement. When you decide what it is you want to have at that stage, it makes it a little clearer for you to go back and figure out what you have to do. Again, your purpose is your vision board. It's everything. Your purpose is your, your life force, and it's also your biggest value component because no purpose is identical to another. Just as I say, there's no person that's the same as somebody else. It's the same with purpose. Your purpose is a unique thing that is attached to you and you alone, which means that if you start living someone else's life or what society tells you to do, or living just to fit in, you're giving up the best part about you. And I have done this. I have done this for my ego so I wasn't wrong. I have done this so that way I could fit in with a group of friends for the longest time. And you won't realize how freeing it is to know that you aren't like anyone else until you actually do. And if you've already done that, then the next step is, how do you bring it to life? Because one thing is knowing your dreams. The next thing is making your dreams into goals. Because dreams without work, they're just dreams. And they'll always be that way. And you'll always live with that what if. And that's something that's scared me for the longest time, is living with that what if. I don't want to live with what ifs. I like living with what could be, because I know what I could do, and then I go and do it. But what ifs is a past frame of thinking. right? What if I would have done that? Living that way always prevents us from living in the moment because we can always have made better choices in the past, but it's not about making better choices in the past. It's about learning from the past and learning from others and not doing the same things again and then doing things better in the right way. The past is there to teach us and to show us that we aren't perfect as much as we strive to be it. But that shouldn't put you down. It should excite you because now you realize that you have a chance of continuously living. You're not going to die because you made the wrong mistake unless if that mistake was caused at your death, and that's different. There's this, there's this frame of thinking that's every problem is psychological except death. Every single one. The only physical limitation is death. Right? Like flying is a problem because if I were to try to fly, I would, you know, I would fall and I would die. There's a physical component to me not solving that problem, which is death. But everything else, everything else that we say we can achieve or we don't think we can achieve, that's psychological. Because physically, the only obstacle is death. And so it's like, as much as we think our excuses might be valid, as much as I think mine could be too, none of them can ever be besides the fact that if you do it, you would die. Whereas that's the physical component. Everything else is in your head. And so if that's the case, that's where we have to start, is in our own minds. So your guide to a purpose-driven life is understanding where you've been and where you want to go and the obstacles that you have self-imposed or that have been imposed on you, but now are your responsibility to handle so you can get there. Figure out your dreams, 
by looking to your future and looking into your past and then create a plan to taking your dreams into goals, systems and structures, the what, the how, and the when, and the who. And then you start moving towards your life. Your best gift is your purpose. Your best value proposition is your purpose. And the most meaning you will ever have out of your life is living through purpose. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate your time. As always, Veni, Vidi, Vici, I came, I saw, I conquered. That concludes today's episode on The Isaac Velez Show. If you enjoyed this episode and it provided you with value, we appreciate it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with one person. We are grateful for all the support that you provide. And if you are serious about improving your life, check out our coaching at www.isaacantoniovelez.com. Until next time, that's it for today's episode.